Well, praise the Lord, saints of God, praise the Lord. Hello, this is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you so much for joining me for another broadcast right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, on today's broadcast, we're going to go into a part number four of the series entitled Freedom. And today's subtitle is Breaking Loose. My friends, you're going to break loose. Once you hear today's message, I'm telling you, I believe with all my heart, some things are going to change because we're going to talk about the born again experience and what really happened when you gave your heart to Jesus. Boy, it's going to be great. Now, don't forget to go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. There you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. And don't forget, while you're there on the website, check out the video. There's a video component to this uh, audio message, so if you want to see it in video form, you can do it. Just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. All right, without any further ado, here comes today's message, which is entitled Breaking Loose, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Enjoy. All right, well, we've been in the series now, a series, and this is part number four uh, of the series, of the Freedom Series. So if you've not heard part three, two, one, make sure you get it, okay? It's available online and also on CD. That part is going to have to be up to you to make sure. We'll be faithful to make those and get them out. It's up to you to make sure that you get them and listen to them. And uh, even with the notes, it's up to you to take the notes. Uh, We place things on the screen, but it's up to you to go home and go over these Bible verses again and get them into you. Amen? Amen? All right. All right, we've had a a confession, and today, this is part four, and uh, part four is entitled Breaking Loose, Breaking Loose. So we've had a confession for the last few weeks, and we're going to go ahead and say that again today. I'll say it first, and then I want you to say it after me. Uh, Today, I declare the decree. I am an I am an overcomer. I am a new new creation created in Christ Jesus to do good works. I am free from the bondages of religion, sin, and death. I am a child of the Most High God. I am the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. I will thrive, increase, and be a blessing to those around me. I have received abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. Therefore, I shall reign in life through Jesus Christ. Ready? Let's go. Today, I declare the decree. I am an overcomer. I am a new creation created in Christ Jesus to do good works. I am free from the bondages of religion, sin, and death. I am a child of the Most High God. I am the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. I will thrive, increase, and be a blessing to those around me. I have received the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. Therefore, I shall reign in life through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. That is a true statement. We're going to add to that today. So our theme scriptures we'll be looking at uh, was in John, the eighth chapter. We're going to go right back there today. John 8, verses 21 through 36. I thank God that you're praying with me that you're helping me to cut, this, cut the atmosphere and really get the word of God to you in a way that all who hear will understand. Amen. Thank you so much for your prayers. Uh, John 8, the 21st verse starts like this. Then said Jesus again to them, I go my way and you shall seek me and shall die in your sins. Whether I go, you cannot come. 
Uh, yeah, whether I go, you cannot come. Then said the Jews, will he kill himself? Because he saith, whether I go, ye cannot come. And he said unto them, ye are from beneath. I am from above. Ye are of this world. I am not of this world. I said therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins. For if ye believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. Then said they unto him, who art thou? And Jesus said unto them, even the same that I said unto you from the beginning. I have many things to say and to judge of you, but he that sent me is true. And I speak to the world those things which I have heard of him. Verse 27, they understood not that he spake, uh, spake to them of the Father. Then said Jesus unto them, when ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall you know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things. And he said, rather, and he that uh, sent me is with me. The Father have not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. You know, that means that Jesus was never in the flesh. You understand that? That last phrase we just read a moment ago. Jesus said, I always do those things, for I always do those things that please him. If you're in the flesh, it's impossible to please God. Jesus said, I always did it. Say always. always. He said, I always do, which means that Jesus was never in the flesh. Not one moment did he ever activate or act in the flesh. You understand what that means? That means that he had complete control of his flesh. So if he said something to someone, you say, well, why did Jesus say that? Why was he mean? This and that and the other. He wasn't acting in the flesh. He was doing the will of God. Why did he make a, a, the cords and, and go through the temple? Was he just mad that day? He was doing the will of God. He was not activating and walking in the flesh. He had perfect control of his flesh. If at any moment of time we say um, that Jesus did not have control of his flesh, then you and I have no control over ours. We have no hope of, hope of ours. Jesus is the perfect man. I believe that. All God and all man. Are you hearing? All right, let's look, let's look uh, a little bit further. It says, um, verse 30, as he spake these words, many believed on him. Then said Jesus unto uh, those Jews which believed on him, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, we be Abraham's seed, and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? Jesus answered, uh, answered them, verily, verily, I say unto you, whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth forever, or rather ever. Uh, if the son therefore shall make you free, you shall be what? Free. free indeed. Now, you ready to go with me? Yes. This is so important. Are you ready to go with me? Yes. You ready to go with me? Yes. All right. I'm going to start on the road. Try to stay in the bus. Try to stay with us, Okay. I thank God for you. Let's go back to verse 23. Verse 23 talks about the testimony of Jesus. And through him, this is also our testimony. Now, we read a few moments ago in the, in the word that Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then you'll be my disciple indeed. And you shall know what? 
truth, know the truth, and the truth shall do what? It'll make you free, right? All right. So if you continue in my word. Now, we're about to, we're reading now the words of Jesus. So anytime you read the words of Jesus, you can expect to be made free. Are you hearing? Verse 23 is one of those verses that I'll just bring out to you today that shouts freedom. And you see this in just a few moments, okay? After we're done today, at least in verse number 23, hallelujah, you receive from at least just this verse, verse 23, it's power. I need you to grab a hold of this and receive what the Lord is saying here. Jesus' testimony is your testimony. If you're in the body of Christ, if you're in Christ, Jesus' testimony is your testimony. Are you hearing me? So let's look at this. It says, verse 23 says again, and he said unto them, ye are from beneath, I am from above. Ye are of this world, I am not of this world. Let's look at the first part of that, I am from above. Now the body of Christ, the body of Christ uh, was from Bethlehem. Isn't that right? Body of Christ from Bethlehem. But the spirit of Christ came from heaven came from a higher place, came from above. Hang with me. Jesus had a human spirit that did not originate uh, from the spiritual heritage of Adam. Remember, man is born spiritually dead because of the fall of Adam and Eve. When Jesus Christ was born, he was born a living spirit. Remember, God told Adam and Eve, the day you eat this, you shall surely die. Well, they ate it, and the next day they didn't die. Right? Over a thousand years, about, I think Adam got maybe about a thousand years old. Right? Or almost, almost a thousand years old. Right? So he wasn't speaking. This is not talking, of course, <clears throat> speaking of the uh, physical death, yes, eventually did take place, but the immediate effect of that death was spiritual. Amen. Adam lost uh, his spirit, spiritually he died. And so after, because of that, man is born spiritually dead. And when you come into the knowledge of Jesus Christ, you actually become alive. Are you hearing? Amen. So Jesus said, here again, he said to them, you are from beneath, I am from above. Now, if we look at Luke, the, Luke, the first chapter, verse 35, this is when the angel talks to Mary, the mother of Jesus, mother of his natural body. And I'm, I'm, hang with me. And, she, and the angel tells Mary what's going to happen. The angel, this is Luke 1, verse 35, and the angel answered and said unto her, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called what? The Son of God. All right, let's go to Isaiah, Isaiah the ninth chapter, Isaiah 9 and 6. Let me show you this. Isaiah 9 and 6 says this, for unto us a child is what? born. Say with me, a child. a child. Say a child. a child. A child is born unto us a what? Son is what? Given. A child is born, but the son was given. 
a child is born, the son was given. He said, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and in rather, and his name should be called what? Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Now listen, Mary gave him a human body. Mary gave the child a human body, but God gave the child a human a, a human spirit that was living. So Jesus had a human body and he had a human spirit. He had a human soul. He was all God and all man. When he was baptized at the river Jordan with John the Baptist, the Holy Spirit came upon him and then his human spirit was then filled with the Holy Spirit. Making sure all of this was so that we could follow him. If he was born only as God, only as divine, we couldn't follow him. But he was born a man, a human body with a human spirit, with a human soul. And he was filled with the Holy Spirit, just like you and I. Just like you and I can be, put it that way. If you ask him to fill you with his spirit. Are you hearing? So his body, his body was from Bethlehem. Remember, Jesus said, you are from beneath, I am from above. Now, he was not talking about physically, because the body was born in Bethlehem. But spiritually, he was born from a higher place. You are from beneath, I am from above. My spirit came from above, came from my father, that came upon Mary. You understand? He said, you are from beneath, not talking about the physical body, but talking about the spiritual lineage of Adam. You were born a dead spirit. I was born a living spirit. Does that make sense to you? All right. Now we say, well, that was wonderful for Jesus. I'm glad that Jesus was born that way. But you and I were born from this physical, rather from the spiritual lineage of Adam. So that means we were all born dead. This is one reason why people must be born of God, must be born again. We'll get to that in a minute, because dead spirits don't go to heaven when you die. Only living spirits go to heaven. Are you hearing? Right now we're living on earth. Will anybody dispute that? No. Okay. On earth, earth is nestled between heaven and Hell, heaven, everything that is good. Hell, everything that is, everything that is bad. In between everything that is good and everything that is bad, there is a planet called Earth. Somebody's with me. And because it's between the two places, sometimes you'll find pockets of heaven on Earth, and sometimes you'll find pockets of hell on Earth. You'll find both good and evil on earth because earth is sandwiched between the two. Make sense? When a human being dies, if they have not been reborn, they have not, if their spirit man is not alive, they go to the place of the dead. Dead spirits go to the place of death. Living spirits go to the place of life. Is that simple? So when somebody says to you, well, I'm a good person. I know I'm going to heaven. The Bible says that um, there's not one good. There's none good but God. Good 
is a qualification. Good is a pronouncement. It's really a judgment um, that God says you. He has to pronounce you good. And the only way to be pronounced good is for God to say that you're good. The only way to be good is to go through his goodness, and that is Jesus Christ. When you are born again, born of God, you become his righteousness. You become good. Good works don't make you good. Are you hearing me? And then people say, well, if God is love, then the God of love will not create. He's not wrath and and he and, you know, he doesn't punish and he doesn't do all that stuff. Well, when I look in the book of Revelation, I find that in the, I think, Revelation, the 10th or 20th chapter, we find that the false prophet and the beast will be cast into the lake of fire. Will that be burning forever and ever and ever? And the Bible also goes on to say, and they that have not been found in the book of life. Those names that are not found in the book of life will also be cast into the lake of fire. Well, they'll be burning forever and ever and ever. Why? Book of life. Book of life. Those that are in the book of life have life. It's not rocket science. If you're in the book of life, you are alive. There's only one way to be made alive, and that is to go through Christ Jesus. To be born again. Make sense? So if you're not in the book of life, then that must mean you... The whoever that is must be in the book of the dead. If you're not found in life, then there's only one place to be found, and that is in death. Are you hearing? So here on this earth, sandwiched between the middle, here on this earth, right here, right now, this is where we make a decision to go upstairs or downstairs, to live in life or to live in death. I think that's very simple. So again... Jesus was born from above, born with a living spirit. The rest of humanity were born from beneath. That is, they inherited the spiritual heritage of Adam, born spiritually dead. Are you hearing? So that's wonderful for Jesus, but what about us? Say with me, but what about me? Well, all right, well, let's go, let's go on this track. Let's go to uh, John, the third chapter. Let's begin to talk about this. John, third chapter, we'll look at verses three through seven. Let me take another check. Is anybody getting this, getting anything out of this today? John, the third chapter, verses three through seven. Listen how it reads. This is Jesus talking to Nicodemus. Nicodemus. Uh, Jesus answered and said unto him, verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be what? Born again. Say again three times. All right. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus uh, saith unto him, how can a man be born when he is old? Uh, Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus um, answered. So Nicodemus is talking about a physical birth, right? Jesus is not talking about a physical birth. He's talking about a spiritual birth, right? Look at verse number five. Jesus answered, verily, verily, I say unto you, uh, say unto thee, except a man be born of water and, <clears throat> and the spirit, uh, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now, let me give you this bit here. Uh, born of water and of the spirit. 
Many theologians would say the, this water is talking about, some would say it's talking about a water baptism. You got to be baptized and you got to be filled with the spirit and then you can be um, born of God. It says again, verily, verily, I say to you, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, uh, he, can, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. But I say to you this as well, the born of water talks about a natural birth that is, uh, you are a human being because every human being is born of a mother. I know, I know we got test tube babies and this and that and the other and all that. Laboratory grown, this and that. But normally, when a human being is birthed into the world, water breaks. Which means you have to have a natural birth and then a spiritual birth to enter into the kingdom of God. Make sense? All right. And so he says here, he says, uh, verse six, uh, that which is born of the flesh, born of mama, is flesh. He said, I'm not talking about that. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Notice the, notice the two words spirit here. Do you see this? Yes. What difference, what, is there a difference between the two words spirit? Yes. One is capital S and one is a lowercase s. So it's saying here, the capital S denotes who? The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, right? So it says, and that which is, or we can say the, he or she, that is born of the Holy Spirit is spirit. Are you with me? All right, so we saw flesh and flesh. There's no capitalization there. Same plane, mama, baby. But Holy Spirit, born of the Holy Spirit, is spirit, that's something entirely different. Amen. Are you hearing? Now, look at verse number seven. Marvel not that I said unto thee, you, you must be what? You must be born again. Now, you must be born again. Now, the word again here, let's look at this word again because this is really going to help us here. The word again comes from the Greek word anothen. Uh, anothen, that's what those little squiggly letters and all that means. Anothen. And Anno then means from above, from a higher place of things which come from heaven or God, from the first, from the beginning, from the very first, anew. It means over again. So when the Lord's talking about being born again. These are the things that he's talking about. Now, I need my board for a second. Somebody help me bring my board up here and, because I, I need to write some things down so that you can really see it. So if you guys will help me bring the board up and set it, set it up right here. So he said, you must be born again. So right away we see, by definition, you must be born from above. Pick that up for me, please. Don't let it drag. You must be born from above. Now, Jesus said, I am from what? Somebody were remembering, right? Jesus said, I am from above. I am from above. So Nicodemus tells him, you must, or rather, Jesus tells Nicodemus, you must be born again. He's telling him, you must be born from, you must be born from above. Remember, we're looking at the definition of the word again, being born again. So y'all hang with me, okay? He said, you must be born from above. Remember the first time he was born of the mother, 
from beneath. But now Jesus said, you must be born again. You must be born from above. All right. Let's say you were born, this person was born in, let's say 19, let's say they were born in 1980. Okay. And let's say they gave their lives to the Lord. Let me make this, make this line here. They gave their lives to the Lord in the year um, 2000. Okay? All right. They were born here, uh, born of their mother here, but they were born again here. All right? Born here, born of the mother. I say born of mother. And here, capital S, the Holy Spirit. Uh, all right. Are you with me? Yes. This is the year 2000. Right, we'll say, um, sorry, this is year 2 in 2017. All right. Keep that in mind, okay? It says you got to be born again. That is, you must be born from above. So there is a place, it says born from above, uh, meaning the heavenly place born from God. Okay? So we know that this has to be beneath here on the earth. But when you're born again, you're born from above. Let's say that's the highest heaven right there, okay? You're born from above. So your birth was once here from beneath, but when you're born again, you're born of this womb here, of the spirit. You originate from here. Okay, hang with me. When you receive Christ, you were, you were reborn from above, from heaven, from God. All right. This new birth happened, now I want you to see this again. Go back to the definition. Look at this definition. Because it also says, all right, the word again means uh, from above, from a higher place of things which come from heaven or God. It means also from the first, from the beginning, from the very first. Then the common definition that we know of a new or over again, from the very first. So when you were born again, we say here, in 2017, a person would say, well, you know, I'm spiritually 17 years old. They say, I'm spiritually 17 years old because I was born again here in 2000. My real, my real birthday is, how old this person would be? 37, I guess. They say, uh, I'm really 37, but I was born again in year 2000, so that makes my spiritual birthday 17. Amen. Right? But actually, that's not true because the Lord said we were born from the beginning. From the beginning. Are you hearing me? You were born from above and from the beginning. Now, these are very important because this establishes your authority as a human being. That thing that is highest has more authority over what is lowest, whatever's under it. So God gives you supreme authority, number one. And the thing that is first has preeminence over what comes after. Look at it even in the order of the birth of children in the Old Testament. The firstborn always got the first pick and could rule over the house. 
So you're not only born from above, giving you spiritual, uh, your, your spiritual inheritance and dominance above, but you're also born from the first. Now, let me show you this. Let's look a little bit further. So again, let me just say this. This new birth happened before the earth, but rather before your earthly birth. It happened from the beginning. In other words, uh, it reconnected you to your full identity and your original purpose in God. Let's look at some scripture here. Let's go to, um, let's go to Jeremiah 1.5. Now, when God, here again, this new birth reconnected you to your first identity and your first purpose, who you were at first, who you were from the beginning. Make sense? This work, this work is so complete that when God looks at you now, if you're born again, he doesn't see this birth, he sees that birth. Amen. He sees who you really are. Amen. Look at Jeremiah 1, verse 5, gives us, this Bible gives us several hints about this. Jeremiah 1, 5 says, before, say before, before, before I formed thee in the belly. I knew thee, and before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nation. So there are two time periods here, right? One where Jeremiah was actually in the womb. And in the womb, God said, I said, before you came out of the womb, you're in the womb, God said, I sanctified you, I separated you. But there was a time before Jeremiah was in the womb. He said, before I formed thee in the belly, before he was formed in the belly, before, that is before the, uh, before life came together, before the two elements of life came together, before conception, before conception occurred, God knew Jeremiah. Before you were conceived, God knew you, and there was a purpose for you. Your purpose didn't start when you came out and somebody said, hey, you look like this and that and the other. No, it was well before that. When you were born of God, you are reconnected to who you were at the first. You're reconnected to your divine purpose. There's a reason why God brought you into existence. You just didn't come into existence when you were born or even when you were conceived. God knew you well before then. Let me show you now. Let's go to Ephesians 1. Ephesians 1, verse number 6, uh, 3 through 6. Ephesians 1, verses 3 through 6, it says this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Listen. According as he hath chosen us, where? In him. In him before, say before, before. Before the foundation of the world. The word world there is cosmos. We said last time cosmos can be interpreted the, uh, the orderly arrangement of things. It can also be interpreted as the human family. It can also be, also be interpreted the universe, all created things. So if we look at this from the standpoint of all created things, look at this again. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of all created things. Which would mean before there were angels, 
Before there were planets, it was the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, you. This sets preeminence and dominance over all creation. We had to have come before angels once again because how could angels serve us? Yes, we are in Christ, but being in Christ gives us a seat, of course, uh, a seat with the Father, right where we were in the beginning. We are seated with Christ, in Christ, in heavenly places. So there's the Godhead and man. And everything else is beneath. I know it, but can you go with me a little bit today? Now I'm saying that for a reason. And as we walk through this, we'll see a little bit clearer. It says, according as he has chosen us in himself, say with me, God chose me. If you have life, you have been chosen. If you have existence, you have been chosen. Or else you would not have existence. He says, according as as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Listen, verse 5. Having predestined or predetermined, having predestined us, Unto the adoption, we're going to talk about that in a minute, unto the adoption of children by Christ Jesus to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. One more, one more time. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Verse 6, uh, to the praise of to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. Now let's look at one more. We're going to go back to the adoption in just a few moments. We're going to go back to that. Let's look at Romans, Romans 8, verses 29 through 30. Now it's time to make another check. Are y'all still receiving? Romans 8, 29 through 30 says this again. It says, for whom he did foreknow, say God already knew me. Foreknow meaning knowing before time. Before time. There was a place before time. You understand that time came out of eternity. God created time. There was a time before time. (laughs) You want to say that. Okay? In the beginning, there was nothing but God. I've heard children say, well, somebody asked, well, who's God's father? He didn't have a father. God always was. It blows our mind. Who's God's parents? He didn't have parents. He always was, and he always will be. See, that's that's part of our thinking to bring God down to our level, to make him in a way, to form him in an image that we can understand. If you can understand God, then you're not thinking about God because there's no searching to his understanding. You cannot over-exaggerate God's power and presence. Because if you can think he must be, you say, well, God, I know you are, you, you are so big, your, your head is at the sun, and you are so large, your feet are all the way down there at Pluto. No, he's bigger than that. You cannot over-exaggerate him, because if you can think it, your thinking is too small. So you cannot over-exaggerate his love, his kindness. You cannot over-exaggerate his wrath. You cannot over-exaggerate his goodness. Because if you can think of it, he's more than that. 
Are you hearing? And listen, it says, for whom he did foreknow, uh, he also did predestined. He predetermined to be conformed. You and I were predetermined by God in eternity past to be conformed to the image of his son. We would be conformed. He looked at Christ and knew the father knew what Jesus is and who, who he would be in the flesh. Remember, the child for unto us, a child is born. A child was born. That's Jesus in the womb. Fleshly body of Jesus was born, but the son was given. The son was never born. S-O-N was never born. He always was. So the child talks about a natural birth and the son talks about the spiritual things. Oh, hallelujah. I know you're getting this today. So God predetermined from the beginning that we would be in the image and likeness of Jesus Christ. Jesus walked on the water. So were you. I'm not sure if you see it in your lifetime or not. In this reality, depending on how much you give yourself over to him, you'll see it. We were predetermined and predestined. Someone asked, you know, well, what is man, what is man going to be? And you have scientists and philosophers who are talking about the evolution of man. What are we going to involve to? What are we going to involve to? It's like the whole world knows that man is going to become something else. And they're absolutely right. We're destined to become like Christ. Amen. Destined in his image and his likeness to become like the son of God. From the beginning, we were destined to become. Let's go a little bit further. He said, um, uh, predestined to be uh, conformed to the, uh, prede prede uh, Lord help me, predestined to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. The firstborn, which means that you and I, he's the first with the second, third, fourth, fifth, da, 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 which means we'll come out the same womb looking like him. We're almost done. Are you hearing me? So you have a spiritual heritage. Verse 30 says, moreover, whom he did predestine, predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified, justified by his blood. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. Let's look at another, uh, second Corinthians 517. Let me bring it, try to bring it a little bit closer to you. When we are born of God, born again, this happens here, 2 Corinthians 5:17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a what? New creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. We are born from above and born from the beginning. I've shown you this in the Word of God. Let's look even further as we begin to close out. Let's go back to Ephesians 3. Uh, verses 1 through 5. This time we're looking at it out of the New Living Translation. I want you to see this. If we look down at verse number 4, it says, even before, uh, or, yeah, verse 4, even before he made the world, say with me, before, before. even before he made the world, God loved us. Amen. World, talking about cosmos, orderly arrangement of things, things that are created. Before he made anything, as far as we know, he loved you. 
That means when there was nothingness because God had not made anything. He saw you in himself. Now, that's not far-fetched because you look, think about this. How many of you have ever, uh, maybe you wanted to make a cake and you saw the ingredients in your mind to that cake and maybe you've been cooking long enough and you knew how it would taste so you could almost already taste it before you start making it. Or you're a builder, and um, I, I'm fascinated by builders who can look at a vacant piece of land, and they have the blueprints in mind, and they say, yes, I know what we can do. We can do this and we can do that before it's even made. Amen. Or a contractor, you say, well, I want you to put in a new bathroom for me, a new sink for me, a new kitchen redo. They can stand there, and they can see it before it's even there. And some even parents, before the child is born, before the, before the mother becomes pregnant, can say, I'm going to have this child, and this child's going to do this and that and the other, and you can fall in love with the child, someone that you haven't even seen. So you can love and you can have experience with those because they exist in you. Make sense? You say, I'm going to draw. I'm going to take a piece of paper, and, and, and you know, I'm an artist, and I'm going to draw this character. I, I have something in mind, and it's already existing in him. Uh, the colors and the shape and the style of the clothing already existed, but now I'm just going to put it down on paper. It existed in me first, and now I'm going to put it down on paper. So before God made anything, we had our existence in him, and he loved us. Then he decided when to, then he decided, okay, well, I love man. They're going to have to have something to rule over. They're going to have to have something to play with, you know, a planet to live on. The Bible says that from the beginning, the lamb was slain from the foundation of the world. He said, I'm going to make man, and there's going to be some evil angels I'm going to have to make. I know what they're going to do. So I'm going to have to decide what I'm going to have to do if man is worth me going through this trouble. Because yes. I will, in order for me to make man, I can see what's going to happen if I do this. I already know what's going to happen if I create, if I bring Linda out. I already know, I know what's going to happen if I bring Gordon out. I know what's going to happen. I know what's going to happen if I bring Greg out, if I bring Gene out and you call your name. I know what's going to happen if I bring them out of me. I, but I love them. And I know that I will have to pay a price for them to come back to me. So Jesus was not a backup plan. Oh, man fell in the garden. Oh, wow. I guess I'm going to have to go down and hang on the cross sooner or later. No, this is something that was already established from the beginning. God's a master builder, and he already knew the price that he would have to pay to get you back home with him. Make sense? Yes. Let's look at this, and then we're going to close out for today. Verse number four says again, even before he made the world, God loved, say he loved me. Before he created the world. That's deep, isn't it? And it is absolute truth. It said, and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Verse five God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through, Christ, uh, through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and he gave him great pleasure. Let's talk about adoption just for a second. 
Human adoption. Human adoption. When a child is born, or a child is born of other parents and the child is adopted into a family, family A, that child will receive family A's name, but that child will never look like their new parents because they come from another gene pool, right? They'll have the name. They may be able to have authority in the house, but they are adopted humanly, right? When you're born of the spirit, Yes, you get the you get the father's name. You come to his family, but you are also born of his spirit, which means you're born into the house. You get the father's DNA and you begin to look like the father. You get the father's mannerisms and all the father has is legally yours because you are adopted into the family. He brought you into the family. Not just with paper, legally, like an adoption agency here in the earth realm, but he brought you into his family by allowing you to be reborn into his family. Old life passed away. Now you're actually a child of God. Not just by paperwork filed in the court. Now you have his blood. You're born and connected to the father by blood. Born of the womb of the Spirit. So you are really, you're not just a citizen of heaven, you're actually a child of God. Is somebody getting this? Are you hearing? I'm trying to shut this down. Let's go to one more scripture. I'm trying to shut it down. So Jesus says again, you are from beneath, I am from above. He said, you are of this world, I am not of this world. Remember, we said that Jesus' testimony is our testimony. Let's look at the second part of that. He says, you're of this world, I am not of this world. We, We don't have to go very far to look at this. John 17, verses 14 through 17, it says this. It says, I have given them thy word, and the world have hated them, because they are what? Not of the world. Even as I am not of the world. Really big, isn't it? Yes. Verse 15, I pray, not, I pray not that thou shouldest uh, take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest, uh, what, keep them from the evil. Verse 16, they are, what, not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So by Jesus' confession out of his mouth regarding the disciples, regarding the believers, he said that you are not of this world, just as he is not of this world. Are you with me? Let's end with this confession here. I want you to see this. Confession number two. So we can rightfully say this. Rightfully say So now, because of Jesus, we can say, I was from beneath, but now I am from above. I was from this world, but now I am not of this world. If you meditate on these scriptures and get them in you, you'll see who you really are in him. You see how sickness and disease has no power over you? No devil and demon in hell can actually touch you. 
You have the preeminence through Christ Jesus. We have the preeminence. We were born from a higher place into a family that is far above any other. And we were born at the first, from the first, from the very beginning. We had existence in God before anything else was created. And what comes first is the more real. What comes first has the more authority. The Father loved us so much before he, I believe with all my heart, before he created all matter, all universal things, he created us to help rule. And that Jesus would one day be the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Somebody's really going to get this. And when you do, there's nothing that can hold you back. I pray you've heard the word of God today. We'll stop there in Jesus' mighty name. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for this word you've given unto us. Father, I pray that you would continue by your spirit to let this word sink into us in that Holy Spirit that you would give the witness of this. You would give the witness of this, of our spiritual heritage in you, how you have adopted us, not by just paper, but you've adopted us by birth into the family. I thank you, Father, that before the world began, you loved us. You loved us. We had existence in you, and you have chosen us. And Lord, we say amen to your calling. We say have your way in us and through us and cause us to become all that you decided and predetermined us to be. Father, we pray that we would flow in line with our purpose in this life, that we would not walk around aimlessly wondering what to do, but Lord, that we would step in, that we would be in step with your spirit and do what you've called us to do because there is a divine purpose. There's a reason why we're still breathing today. We thank you, Father. We give you praise today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We pray that you are blessed today by the ministry. Remember, if you would like to hear this message in its entirety and even hear the entire series, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. That's www.kingdomrock.org. We will be so glad to connect with you. While you're there on the website, make sure to consider a financial donation in support of the ministry. And don't forget, if you're in the area, stop on by and visit with us every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and Wednesday night at 7 p.m. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Stop on by. And don't forget, while you're on the website, sign up for Kingdom Inspirations. We believe it's going to be a blessing to you. All right, until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.